This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. All right, welcome back. So, um, it's been college basketball's back, so which is great, but kind of been a quiet week in terms of like, you know, our in college basketball starting up. Not a lot of like high profile games going on right now. We're going to see some later on like this weekend and stuff like that. But um right now it's just a bunch of non-conference scheduled games to where kind of it's just warm up games for all the top schools. So we have that going on for us. Um, so we got a couple things to talk about with really just I found something interesting that happened on this on uh, this date that this episode comes out on Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you for your service. Um, so we got that. Have some stuff to talk about with Louisville because they're kind of struggling. And then um, maybe one other thing. We'll just see what happens. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Okay, so the thing that I found interesting on this day in NBA history was on November 11th of 2000, a record was set. It, it tied a previous record, but, you know, it's still number one, I guess. Um Record set for fewest points by both teams in the second half with 51 in a game between the Hornets and Knicks. So, with that, found the box score. It's it's tough because it's early on in the season. I mean, Charlotte Hornets were 4-3. and three, New York Knicks were 5-2 and two in Madison Square Garden. And, my goodness... Jamal Mashburn finished again with 18. Baron Davis finished with 15. Those were both for the Hornets. And then for the Knicks, Larry Johnson finished with 15. So this could have been a revenge game for Larry Johnson, but didn't really work out that way. Charlie Ward had 11, and Allen Houston had 21. And then Kurt Thomas had 12 off the bench. So but that's, that's just for the full game. Final score is 81-67. So if we go into the second half stats, this is where it gets iffy. For the second half, Jamal Mashburn and Baron Davis each had four. The leading scorer in the second half for the Hornets was Eddie Robinson with seven. And that was off the bench. So have that. And then for the Knicks, highest score for them was Allen Houston with 11. So going into the second half, he only had 10 points. He got 11. And so... There it is. Final score for the second half. Knicks had 32, and the Hornets had 19. Going to the third quarter, uh, it gets worse. The Hornets only scored seven, and Jamal Mashburn led the way with four. And then David Wesley had two, and Jamal Maglor off the bench had one. So, again, and then the Knicks had 19 for the third quarter. Larry Johnson had six. Allen Houston led them with nine. And then Eric Strickland had two off the bench, and Kurt Thomas had two off the bench. Then you go into the fourth quarter. And this is also a New York York Knicks team that did not have Latrell Sprewell. He was not with the team. Chris Childs did not dress. And then for the Hornets, 
PJ Brown didn't dress and Hersey Hawkins and Eldred Rickasner. If you haven't heard of him, that makes two of us. They did not play. So for the fourth quarter, Baron Davis had four. Eddie Robinson had seven. Eldon Campbell had one. And uh, Eddie Robinson's seven was off the bench. And then for the Knicks, it, this is bad. Charlie Ward had two. Allen Houston had two. And then Glenn Rice had three. Eric Str- I didn't even know Glenn Rice was on the Knicks, if I'm going to be honest. This was – I knew he was on the Hornets. Didn't, didn't know – and the Heat and the Lakers didn't know about the Knicks. Eric Strickland had two off the bench. Kurt Thomas had four. So, um, yeah, I found that interesting. Other stuff that happened on November 11th, Michael Red scored 57 points, which is one of those guys where you look at him and you're like, man, that guy scored 15 a game? And there's plenty of guys like that. Like Brandon Jennings is another one. Uh, there's plenty more to where, like, man, they had 15 a game, really, and – Michael Red, I mean, he was okay. I think he was like a one-time All-Star, if even that. Yeah, one-time All-Star, 03-04 All-NBA, which, I mean, he got that in his third year. It was also his All-Star year, so there's that. But one of those guys where you look at him and um, you wonder if the injuries that he had, because, like, he had problems with his knees. I think it was a cartilage or something. Like, he just didn't really – he didn't have enough, or I don't know if he had any – because sometimes that can happen. But, um, yeah, he scored 57 points in a loss. So take with that what you will. Uh, 1989, Hakeem Olaj- blocked 12 shots in a win against the Jazz. Really impressive. In 1980, Billy Knight of the Pacers scored 52 in a win over the Spurs. 1960, Wilt Chamberlain pulled down 35 rebounds in a win over the Hawks. And... Five-time All-Star, Ludi LaRusso was born in Brooklyn. So there is November 11th in this day in NBA history. So now let's talk about Louisville. Um, so there was I don't think there was a ton of expectations coming into this year because the Louisville team only, if I can pull it up, here, sorry, this sometimes the Wi-Fi can be a little slow throughout here. So in the previous year, 21-22, they went 13-19. So you're just kind of like, you're not expecting a ton out of this group. But, man, they have really disappointed in terms of what should be happening and what they've been doing. So for those of you who don't know, like Kenny Main is – the new coach for them, if this would go away, Kenny Payne, excuse me, is a new head coach for them. Uh, as a coach, he's been in Oregon as an assistant from 04 to 09. In 2010-2014, he was a Kentucky assistant. Some people say that Kenny Maine, Kenny Payne, sorry, um, I keep thinking of Kenny Maine from ESPN, um, that he helped recruit a lot of those really good players for Kentucky. So then in 2014, 2020, he became an associate head coach of Kentucky. Past couple years, he has been with the Knicks as an assistant. And so now he gets the Louisville job, which is where he played when he was at college. And 
So people are saying, all right, Louisville's getting this master recruiter, someone who has played here before. He's a Louisville guy. And, man, it has been disappointing. They get, a, I mean, like this roster this year, they have one, two, three, four, five players who were in the RSCI top 100. And with the highest of them being 23, and that being Brandon Huntley Hatfield, who I believe transferred in there. So there's that. Uh, one of those players, Devin Reed, has not played yet. I mean, these guys are putting up numbers like Jalen Withers had 17, Michael James had 16, L. Ellis had 14. But it all came to a loss against Bellarmine. And if you don't know Bellarmine, for all the people who are in college or recently out of college or maybe still in high school, whatever, Bellarmine is like the first school that you get mail from when you fill out your uh, college app and like it goes out to all the colleges and they start sending you all kinds of mail because man, you are just so special. All these schools want you, but it's really just like, Hey, if you want to apply, this is a, here's the date to apply by. Um, so yeah, they lose Bellarmine. They used to be a D two school. They're pretty good in D two. That's why they got moved up to D one. But Louisville loses by one point and you're like, all right, it, this is maybe too much of no reaction. Like, like I said, like there's not a lot of there's not high expectations for his team. But when you look at their preseason and they lose to where I had it pulled up and now. Okay. So they were apparently every year is always a program that loses to a D two program in the preseason. I don't know if that's true. This is according to bustingbrackets.com. They're a part of fan sided. Um so I guess I'll take their word for it. But Louisville did lose to a D2 school in the preseason. Lenore, Ryan, they lost by 10, 57-47. In which this isn't even like the defending D2 national champion. Like this is a team that was like, I think, above, like barely above 500 last year. And then they go and beat Louisville by 10, which might as well be 20, honestly. And just, uh, this is a tough point because, like, there was also rumors that, like, Louisville was going to get Monty Bates a transfer there, but then he went decided to go closer to home to Eastern Michigan. So people are kind of worrying about Kenny, Kenny Payne right now, and uh, I understand. There, I, there's a give and take to this. There's a give and take to everything. But when it comes down to who should be to blame, who shouldn't be, it's one game into the regular season. I get it. These are kind of buy games to where it's like, hey, I'll give you X amount of dollars and you can, we'll, we'll play each other and I'll, I'll be in the end of it. Hoping that the team that's going to pay you will just the team that is paying will win. And so you can't really say no to it if you're one of those schools because, you know, because all those small schools have a chip on their shoulder. And they're like, hey, if you're going to pay us all this money, we're not just going to lay over, you know. Like, we're going to play. And it's it gets tough when, it, when you have that, especially when you have a coach that's not really – 
he's, I mean, he hasn't proven himself yet as a head coach. So it's just, you know, how are you, how you got to pick and choose who are you going to play against? And they choose Bellarmine and they chose wrong. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with Louisville. Not expecting a ton from this team, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of hype around Kenny Payne and it is not showing, it's not showing anything good yet. We'll see. You never know. Um, It is tough because they're in the ACC and I mean, you. I mean, everyone knows about the ACC and how competitive that can be, and how well, and sometimes how non-competitive it can be because there's so many schools, and that the bottom of the ACC is just not as great as the top. I mean, it's like that with a lot of conferences, but I mean, like when you're in a Power Five like that, it shouldn't be as big of a gap. So we'll see what happens with Louisville. I just. Don't know. <laughs> We're just gonna have to see. Um, final thing I want to talk about was um, goes with college basketball starting back up this season. Was uh, trying wins basketball started again on Tuesday, and I was on the call for that, and um, I'm I'm so glad to be back on the mic. It's it's been something I've been looking forward to for a long time. And finally being back, it feels nat it feels normal again. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, I didn't I went a long time. If I like pull up a softball schedule, I can pinpoint when the last time I was on the call. If it will load. Okay. So last time I was on the mic. For a game, I'm on the mic every week with this podcast. The last time I was on the mic for a game was May 21st, and it took until November 8th. So May is the fifth month. That's, call it five, like five and a half months. And I'm going to be honest, I was a little worried. It's It's been a long time, and... You know, I've been, like, practicing every now and then, but you never know what the situation is going to be, how you're going to be able to react to something. Uh, What if it's something you've never seen before? And you just worry about those kinds of things, especially since um, I think last year was a really good year for me in terms of being on the mic with doing different stuff. And um, there's kind of that thing overlooking me saying, like, are you going to screw up? Like, what's going to happen? And um, I just loved it, man. And it's just, like, it felt so natural to be back out there. And it seemed like there was no skips in anything between uh, Andy Brown and myself, which if you haven't followed Andy, you got to follow Andy at Trine Voice. Um, felt so good to be back out there. Um especially this women's team is really good and they've proved that they're going to be just as good as last year. Um, I still think there's going to be some stuff to prove, 
because, uh, and I mean, tomorrow, the, well, the day this comes out, they're going to play a top 25 team. It's a top 15 matchup. So we're going to see what happens there. But it's just unbelievable. I'm glad the team is back. And, and bring it on. I was like, I've been waiting for so long, and now I got to wait like another week for um, the next couple games. And it's two back to back and back to back days. So I'm glad that that's happening. But man, waiting for such a long time. Then you get back, and it's just, you got to wait another 10 days. And it's just like, man, I want it. I just want to have every night. And, um, yeah, I'm just glad basketball is back in full swing. Uh, the NBA has gotten somewhat interesting again with the Nets hiring Jacques Vaughn. So we will see what happens there. And uh, also the men's team for trying to – they killed it against Manchester. So – um Got a lot of good stuff coming up. And um yeah, I'm just you just like I don't I literally cannot describe how excited I am. Like you probably you're probably able to hear it when I'm on the mic and you can just <laughs> we just love it out there. But um yeah, I'm just so glad that basketball's back and it's just it just feels so good. And um, when you wait for such a long time, you kind of start to get impatient. Not to the point where it was like you just go out and like you just stumble over yourself, but it's hard letting that come to you, you know. And it's probably something I'm going to have to learn to deal with because if I want to work in broadcasting, sure, it depending on what sport you do, you can work – for most of the year, but you are going to have those off seasons to where I don't know what I would do. I mean, obviously relax, watch some, watch some sports, take notes and stuff like that. But like for me over these past five months or so I've been cultivating, well, I've had this playlist for a long time but on YouTube Anytime I see a basketball video, if it's not like an interview or something, I have a different playlist for all in, for all the interviews I have. But if it's anything basketball related, like uh, analysis of something, um, just certain players, highlights, something like that, or even just trying to... Uh... Sorry, I'm pulling up the wrong thing. Or even just like if there is a full game available, which NCAA, March Madness, they put out full games quite a bit, which I'm happy to do that because it's something to where with me, if I want to be on a mic, you can't watch highlights because you'll only hear play-by-play. It's fine if you do play-by-play, but I mean like it's still highlights. You got to... You, you need to watch a whole game to be able to get, okay, here's what I do in a dull moment. Here's what I need to do. How do I analyze this and stuff like that? And I've this playlist on YouTube has 3,492 videos. So almost a 3,500. I don't know if there's a cap 
for these playlists. Um, but yeah, so I've been watching this all the like all the time. Whenever I have nothing to do, like no homework, no nothing, um, I just throw on this basketball playlist and I just watch, watch, and watch. And I think this is what I want to do. Like later on, if when I get into a career in this, and then you have those days off, so I have that. But I'm waiting so long, and you're just consuming basketball all the time. It's the best part I think about YouTube is that even in the off season, you can watch stuff from last year. You can watch stuff from two years ago. You can watch stuff from like thirty years ago if you want to, and. It makes you understand the game more. It makes you understand broadcasting more. It makes you understand about anything more. And um, I'm just glad that that's there and that it's kind of been keeping me sane because, like, without basketball, um, I just go to class, do my homework, and then that's – about all I do, I don't, like, I read every now and then. I read about basketball, but, like, if that wasn't there, I don't know what I would do. I'd obviously find something, but it's just one of those things where it's just, like, you enjoy something so much you couldn't imagine it not being there. So I'm just glad that that's been there. But basketball's back. Um, be sure, if you follow me on Twitter, at deverhard 0 I will post every game that I have on the mic and just sit back and relax. We we do some really good stuff at TBN and you know it's out there for you to watch. I think you can rewatch some old stuff too if that's what you want to do. I don't know. That's more of a me thing, but I don't know. Um so yeah, basketball's back. Finally, back on the mic. I'm so happy, and um, yeah. So just enjoy it. This next, these next few months are gonna be great. Um, the day just comes out. If you're listening to it, watch the um, Gonzaga, Michigan State game, because that will be on the USS Abraham Lincoln in San Diego. So we got our aircraft carrier game, which is something that hasn't happened in a long time. And it's always good. No matter like who's going to play, you know it's going to be great. So just sit back, relax, watch everything basketball-related. If you can, watch trying basketball. Watch your favorite basketball team. Just watch basketball because it's a beautiful thing to see basketball, especially when it's at its full strength and it's just man it's just so glad it's back so with that be sure to follow me on twitter at tmr00 and i will talk to you next week peace Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network. 
part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.